You're listening to Sprott Money's Monthly Wrap-Up with Craig Hemke. Welcome back to the SprottMoney.com Monthly Wrap-Up for the month of August 2020. I'm your host, Craig Hemke. And joining us to call it a month is my old friend and fellow Sprott Money contributor, David Brady. David, technical analyst extraordinaire, a great follow on Twitter, uh, a great follow at the SprottMoney.com website under Insights. You can read his work every week. David, thank you for spending some time with me. Oh, thanks for having me on again, Craig. Always fun to talk markets with you, my friend. Uh, before we get started, just this reminder, it is SprottMoney.com that is the sponsor of all this great content that comes to you throughout the month. So the least you can do is thank them, uh, whether it's buying or storing physical metal. This is a time to do that. We've got the Sprott Money Back to Business sale that runs from the 29th of August through the 5th of September. Great deals at SprottMoney.com that you can find. Or if you just simply want to like or subscribe on whichever channel you're listening to the content, that helps Sprott Money as well. Spread the word. Get a wider distribution, which helps all of us. So please be sure to thank Sprott Money and give them a call for any uh, precious metal that you might need. 888 861-0775. David, before we get started, I mentioned uh, what a great follow you are on Twitter for people that are on that site. Uh, maybe not so much for the politics and everything else that's on there, but financial stuff is, is really great information on Twitter. They call it FinTwit. Uh, David, what's your Twitter handle? Because people should be sure to follow you. It's at Global Pro Trader. All one word. All one word. Not traders, trader. Mm-hmm. All right, my friend. All right, let's dive in. Uh, we're recording this on the 30th of August. Um, if we go back four weeks to the beginning of the month, things looked a little different. You know, we came out of that July FOMC. I heard, I was actually watching when Powell said, and I quote, we have moved in the past tense to the neutral rate. And then we will now be data dependent going forward. And markets responded, the dollar fell, the metals rallied. Now, as we end the month, it's like he never even said it, David. Uh, so what's going on here? Where do you stand on all this? Well, it's all about financial conditions from their perspective. Uh, what they're trying to do is reduce inflation. And after that FOMC meeting and what he just said, which are absolutely correct, uh, the stock market turned up in a big way and you had risk on. And they looked at that and went, wait, hold on a second. This is defeating our goal. Uh, so we need to pivot back to uh, more hawkish rhetoric. Now, it's interesting at the recent uh, Jackson Hole that Powell only took eight minutes uh, to make a speech. Uh, I, I think I said in an article, uh, my two cents on that was he didn't want anything misinterpreted put a different way he said a lot of things at the fomc but everybody hung on those words you just mentioned so this time around he made sure that there was no olive branch out there for those uh, that wanted to see stocks go up uh, metals go up etc and the dollar down so that's my two cents on it uh, I, I haven't got anything more to add at this point well, let's uh, let's talk about from a technical perspective a few things, uh, let, and let's start with the stock market, or more specifically, let's just look at the S and P five hundred. 
yeah. know, it, it was in April that uh, head, former head of the New York Fed, uh, Goon Dudley, as I call him, <laughs> was, was adamant and clear in a couple of interviews that the Fed's goal was to inflict losses, his words, inflict pain on stock and bond investors to uh, reverse, to kind of drive a reverse wealth effect, you know, and yep. demand destruction. Yeah. Uh, now here we are in August, and that's what Powell is saying as well. Well, how far will they go, David? I mean, we got down 20% earlier this year in the S&P and then bounced, like you said. You know, we fell about 20% in the fourth quarter of 2018, and that was Powell pivot number one. Mm -hmm. uh, will it take a drop to new lows below 3,600 in the S&P, maybe all the way down to 3,000? You got any levels like that that are on your screen? Well, uh, my first uh, and only level was 3,500. Now, yes, there's a risk that we go even lower than that. Um, the issue here is obviously they say they're trying to bring down inflation. But the bigger thing that uh, becomes very clear to me or has become very clear to me is that Powell uh, says he doesn't want to be the next Arthur Burns. Uh, so he's trying to be Volcker. He mentioned Volcker by name in his uh, Jackson Hole speech. Powell is no Volcker. <laughs> and Volcker said himself back in 2016 that there are too many promises that can't be kept. And what he meant by that was that the debt today, relative to when he raised rates uh, to 20% back in 1981, the debt today is dramatically higher. We have a debt to GDP of 125%. That's at the federal level. It was at 30% in 1981. But you have to take into consideration all of the other debt, state, municipal, uh, corporate, uh, household. Personal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and once you add all that up and include unfunded liabilities, uh, Bridgewater did an analysis on this back in 2011, Ray Dalio's group, and they estimated that the debt to GDP, total debt to GDP, was north of 1,100%. Now, is that ever going to be repaid? No. Yeah, right. So I look at what Powell is trying to do right now, and this is why I lean towards, you know, like there's two scenarios for the Fed. They're either the 1929 Fed or the 2018 Fed. And the 1929 Fed it basically means that they just keep jacking up rates. Now they move to QT as well. And they're going to drive the economy even further into recession and depression. And it's game over. Uh, cue the great reset. I still think that the, the probabilities weigh in favor of a pivot, that they're going to pivot. And uh, the uh, reason for that is there's well there's multiple reasons but the main reason that i see is that if they uh if they want a new global reserve currency and let's sorry let me step back for a second here the fed is part of a bigger group of central banks which all report to the bank of international settlements and they've made no secret of the fact along with the WEF and the IMF and so forth, and the Chinese and the Russians, and you look at what they're doing now, that they want a new global reserve currency. Well, if you want a new global reserve currency, you're going to have to take down the existing one, and that is the dollar. Well, how do you do that? Well, uh, you print. Just print the currency into oblivion. They're all doing it now. But if the Fed has to do an about turn 
to basically prop up the stock market, prop up bonds and, you know, and so forth. And I, I believe they're eventually going to have to buy everything. The dollar loses, people, especially foreigners, lose all confidence in the dollar and the dollar goes south. That will enable or pave the way for the new global reserve currency, which I believe will be the SDR, which will be a basket of currencies, including the ruble and the yuan. And so for that reason, they still have to do that. If they uh, push the economy and financial markets into a systemic collapse, the dollar will uh, probably go up because it's the safe haven currency you run to. The rest of the world, the emerging markets will be crushed first, and then it'll spread like a domino effect across the world. So I still lean to the pivot and my belief, my strong belief, is that what the Fed is doing right now, all they're doing is building up their ammo for when something breaks. In other words, whether it's the economy, we get a credit default, whether it's a Taiwan invasion, uh, you name it, they, they need ammo to be able to address that breakdown. And that's why they're jacking up rates now. And that's why they're talking about QT, which in my opinion, won't last long. Uh, it can't. They can't go much higher in interest rates because the debt mountain is so big that the interest costs on the debt will probably match the biggest expenditure of the US government, which is Medicare, if you just do the math. On top of that, if you drive the economy into a recession or depression, what happens to tax receipts? Right. They go down the toilet. You're going to see... Uh, Unemployment's already rising. I, I ignore the BLS numbers. Look at jobless claims. And uh, as unemployment goes up, what goes down? Income tax receipts. Businesses, well, they got hammered in the lockdowns, and now they're getting hammered by operational costs associated with electricity. I saw a poor guy that in Westmeath in Ireland has a coffee shop. I saw there. that too. 10,000 euros for the past month. Amazing. Was, what? And then capital gains taxes well show me somebody who's got capital gains right now maybe the guys who are along the dollar but everybody else is you know got losses to report and at the same time then biden's going out with his inflation reduction act which is nothing of the sort it's just another trillion dollars in spending if you want to reduce the debt or you want to reduce inflation the first where you start is with spending you cut your spending so you got spending going up you got tax receipts going down and you're going to have interest rate costs or uh, interest costs on the debt skyrocketing what happens to the deficits they right. blow up and here's where i get to the key points with regard to the pivot who's going to buy the debt i mean who's going to buy the debt it's not the oh, chinese you look oh, at their the balance sheet they're, they're dumping it. Yes, the Russians have dumped theirs. Japan is uh, spending all of their uh, printed money on keeping yields down on the JGBs. ECB has got its own problems with Italy and so forth. So who's going to buy U.S. debt? The Fed. Wait, oh, hold on, David. The Fed's raising rates and doing QT. What are you talking about? Who's going to buy who's the left? debt? Yeah. That's right. That's you right. Know, so, so when you come to that conclusion, it, it's obvious. What, what's the alternative, Craig? Outright default? Show me a politician anywhere in history that says, you know, we're going to default on our debt. Right. Um, you, debt Jubilee. The Fed 
cancels the debt that they own. Well, what happens to the dollar? Uh, my, my point is there is no alternative except total systemic collapse. Could that happen? Yes, it is a probability. But from my perspective, it's low at this point. And no politician in their right mind is going to want to be in, in uh, office when that happens. Yeah. So they'll just kick the can down the road as they always do. But unfortunately for them, this is not going to last much longer. You know, this the printing of money will jack up stocks next time. Will housing go to the same peak? I doubt it. Once born, twice shy after what's happening, especially here in Canada. It's only starting to begin in the US on a broad scale. Housing's going down the toilet. Uh, bonds are probably going to get into trouble. You're going to see a sovereign debt crisis. And the currencies around the world are all being devalued. And I think the dollar, if and when the Fed pivots, the dollar, dollar is going to be the biggest casualty. So... I don't see any other way out for the Fed in the short term other than to pivot. But when they do that, it's only going to delay the inevitable. And what is the inevitable? The collapse of the everything bubble, total systemic collapse, the beginning of the, I believe the Great Depression has already begun, but the beginning of the Great Depression in earnest and the Great Reset whatever well, that turns out to be sorry go ahead no that's okay david i you know in the big picture again it's just a rhetorical game that they're playing and yes. trying to keep the plate spinning and we'll go right down the same road we've gone down several times now in 16 and in 18 and in 19 and again in 20 to 21 and when that curtain gets pulled back and attention gets you know shined upon you know how they're just playing games that's when the precious metals soar and we've had you know even this most recent example from 18 into 20 gold went up 75 percent so this is coming again. So we'll watch for, you know, we got to wait though for that perceived pivot. You mentioned it's probably economically driven, maybe not market driven, but huh, maybe they're one and the same. So two things I want to ask you about technically, and then we'll begin to wrap up yeah. uh, that clearly drive the machines that buy and sell the futures contracts. One of them is the dollar index. Uh, yeah. Maybe not tick for tick, but it's either headwind or a tailwind. And the other thing is real, interest rates, you know, where you take uh, the rate, the nominal rate, and you subtract inflation. And if it's negative, that's generally good for the precious metals. Um, let's talk about the dollar first. It seems like everybody's, everybody is on the side of the boat, thinking that the dollar index is going through 110 to 120, maybe even higher. And usually, I, though you can't seem to see an obvious catalyst to a turn, usually when everybody's on one trade, it's usually the wrong side. What, do you, what are you looking for in the dollar index that might you know, show you a top and a turn? Well, uh, we're already seeing it to some extent because you're seeing multiple negative divergences here from a technical spectra, uh, perspective on the Dixie. Uh, but I don't think the euro and the yen are as dead and buried as the markets uh, think. Um, the ECB is talking about raising rates 75 basis points in September now. And that's the principal component of the Dixie relative to the dollar. And uh, you may see a yen resurgence short term. I think the yen is toast like all the other currencies. But I, I, there, it's become a little extreme. Everybody's on one side of the boat. It's overbought. Uh, and if we get any sign of weakness or talk of a pause from the Fed, 
Uh, I think the Dixie can come off slightly, but when you see the Fed start to inch away from this tightening cycle, dollars toast in a big way. Yeah. Um, and uh, th that's my two cents on it. Um, I, I, I don't see it. Could it go to 120? Yes. But here's the thing. They're all being devalued. The only right. the, the only difference between the dollar, the euro, and the yen is the dollar is being devalued at a slower rate than the euro and the yen, uh, because the U.S. is going through a tightening policy right now. The ECB is just kind of starting to kick it off, but nowhere near what the Fed is doing. And Japan is still doing full-blown QE to keep its yields down. So it's obvious that, uh, as they say, the dollar is the uh, cleanest, dirty shirt in the hamper. But they're all covered in shit. Right. <laughs> Sorry. Right. And that always, that's a distinction that always gets lost because people just say, well, the dollar is stronger today. Well, versus what? Um, yeah. Do you see some signs technically of a top? Uh, yeah, as I said, if you look at, you know, you can look at multiple time frames, but I, I like to look at the daily, the weekly, and the monthly. And the daily and weekly in particular are showing uh, negative divergent, negatively divergent higher highs here, where you've got a higher high in price, but the indicators such as the RSI and the MACD uh, Mac are lower. Yeah. Uh, they're not confirming that high. Now, that doesn't mean that the peak is in. What that means is that... Uh, it could still go higher, but the more these divergences pile up, you know, one after the other, it means that when it eventually capitulates, it's going to be brutal. Yeah. Well, yes. And when everybody's on the wrong side, uh, things can move quickly. Uh, so that would help. That'd be something for everybody to watch. The other thing I mentioned is real yields. Hard to always get a handle on the inflation expectation part of the real yield, but mm -hmm. on the nominal rate side, David, you know, we see the yield on the two year note is making new multi year highs, but the 10 year note isn't confirming that yet. It seems like there's buyers of longer term bonds because of the expected recession. Mm -hmm. Will you watch something in the bond market too as kind of a tip that, <laughs> no pun intended, yeah, uh, kind of a sign? that uh, real yields have peaked and are heading negative? Yeah, look, bonds have gotten absolutely hosed over the past year. And, and yeah. uh, everybody, and that's actually supported the dollar, higher yields on a relative basis. But I believe that the there's a rally coming here, a big rally coming in uh, the 10-year. I posted this on Twitter. Uh, my two cents is that uh, we could get a higher high in yields before it drops, but I'm looking for 1.5% on the 10-year. And, it would change uh, things. Yeah, it would change things. But 1.5 is still uh, well above the 0.4% low that we had. Mm -hmm. And uh, that would be the bottom before bonds begin their collapse. Uh, so you, you, you'd see far higher yields unless the Fed pivots and they start pulling a BOJ, which is capping the yields. But when, if and when they do that, and the dollar goes south. Look, you know, back years ago, I talked about the Fed's trilemma, which was first proposed by Luke Roman. The Fed can only uh, save two markets out of three. And those three markets are stocks, bonds, and the dollar. Which one do you think they're going to sacrifice? They're going <laughs> to sacrifice the dollar to protect stocks and bonds, right. but ultimately they all crash. 
So um, I think bond yields are going to go down soon. It's not happening yet, but I believe they're going to go down. Um, but if, if you consider the fact that the Fed has to buy the debt, they're the ones that are driving it down. So you can assume that they are pivoting. I mean, they said they were going to do QT. I look at the Fred balance sheet and I see a little uh, reduction in the balance sheet, but I don't see much. They can be doing QT in the, uh, QE in the background and buying the debt. Uh, if they do that, the uh, bond yields go down, but what happens to inflation? Inflation is right. going to go right back up. In the short term, let's talk about inflation for a second because uh, get this through the door. I've been saying that I believe we're going to see short-term disinflation or deflation. And that be maybe another cause for the pivot. And why do I believe that? Because we've got a glut of inventories in the US. It's becoming mainstream news. Uh, you know, Target, Walmart, and Restoration Hardware have talked about it. They are awash in inventories. They've warehouses packed with inventories. They need to slash uh, prices to get rid of them. That's going to cause prices to come off. In fact, and then you see where the oil is too. It's still trading below 100. It's gone up a little bit recently, but it came off big today. Uh, if, if that remains stable and you see prices at the checkout, uh, at least in these various stores, come off, you're going to see, uh, you'll still have inflation, but much lower inflation. So you could see nine, eight, seven, six percent And that may be enough for the Fed to say, oh, we, oh, look look, we did it. Yeah, yeah. we did it. Mm -hmm. And then they pivot. And what happens next? 15%, right. 25%, yeah. 35%. Right. So my point is, if you get yields coming off with the help of the Fed, but you get inflation going up again, what happens to real yields? Yield minus a higher interest rate, uh, inflation rate equals negative real yields. And that's where I think we're going. And that's why going to gold and silver, big picture, Everybody's focused on the short term. And I understand why we've been drifting sideways for two years, sideways to down for two years. Everybody's fed up. But take a big step back. Look at the central banks buying gold like, you know, hand over fist. Look at the trajectory for real yields going forward. Look at the premiums if you want to buy a one ounce silver coin. Everything is telling you that once we get through this nonsense, Metals are going skyward. That's why I, I, you know, people are bashing me. You know, yeah, I'm sick and tired of hearing it's going to go. Uh, okay, but when it goes up, it's going to be a binary move. <laughs> it's going to be like a catapult straight up, and you, you, you don't sell at bottoms. You buy. Right. You sell at tops. Yeah. And and this is the problem with most retail investors. They do the exact opposite. That's, That's why right. they always lose. But if you step back and look at the big picture, I'm, I'm heavily weighted in precious metals. I have miners. And I look at the picture and big picture and I see, unless the Fed plans to collapse the entire uh, US economy and global economy, because it will hit everywhere, unless they're willing to do that immediately, I think, I believe that's going to happen inevitably, but immediately, gold and silver are going to go higher because they're going to pivot. Even if they don't, what do you think is going to happen to stock prices, 
housing prices, mm -hmm. bonds, mm -hmm. they're going to collapse. Look at the ratios for gold versus the mean housing price. Look at gold relative to the S&P going back decades. Tell me where it's at. My point is gold and silver are going to go up in value either on a relative basis or an absolute basis in a big way here soon. I understand the pain in the short term, but I referenced this in a tweet this morning about 2018. You remember 2018, the US trade war. Yep. And all, you know, all, all the indicators, the technicals, the sentiment, the positioning, it's all showing that gold and silver are going up. That was in May. We didn't bottom until August. You know, it just kept going down and down and down. Yeah. That's why I always say you have to wait for a break of resistance. And I believe that resistance in gold is 1824. In silver, it's 22 on a closing basis, 22.57 on intraday. Once we get through those, see ya. Um, and people say, oh, yeah, well, that's like, you know, they're 10% higher. We're going to lose that out. Not when you consider where it's going. 2300 plus in gold and well over 30 in silver. So, uh, I understand the pain, but we've seen this before. 10.45 in 2015, 11.24 in December 16, uh, 11.67 in 2018, and 14.50 in March 2020. That's right. We've seen it every single time. And what were the conditions that every the same ones we're seeing today? Everybody's yep. bearish. It's extreme oversold. I hate this. I give up, blah, blah, blah. And what happens next? That's yeah, right. I, I can't say it enough, but unfortunately, emotion is the death of wealth and people let their emotions take over. And it's, it's the same thing is happening now. It's like, um, and I quote this often, my, I've known Brent Johnson at Santiago Capital for years. And yeah. uh, he's, his famous quote, besides talking about the dollar milkshake, his famous quote was always, you can either believe in magic or you can believe in math. And if you believe in math, then you've got to own some gold. And yes. uh, I think he's absolutely right. My friend, this has been fascinating and uh, fantastic. We're going to have to do this again soon. I encourage everybody, though, follow David Brady on Twitter and check in usually every Thursday or Friday at the SprottMoney.com website. Go in the navigation bar for insights. Look for Sprott Money Writers and look for David's contribution. Usually Thursday or Friday every week, he's got a new article for completely for free. Uh, right there on the site. David, what are you going to be writing about this week? Uh, probably going to be talking about what we just talked about. What we just Fed. talked about. Well, the, yeah, about the Fed and how, you know, they're they're trapped. They, uh, the trap that they made themselves. Uh, but uh, again, you know, forgive me, but I'm optimistic. Uh, when I see everything as bad as it is, I, I'm looking in the opposite direction. Right, and, as you um, should be. And my last words to your listeners is hang in there. I know you're, look, we, we should be uh, used to feeling this pain, but you're going to get paid in my opinion, in my humble opinion, but you're going to get paid. Just hang in there. And when it, when it happens, when that turn comes, it's, it's going to be something to watch. I agree. It has been in the past and it will be again. And I wonder if this time, you know, they won't shift back either. The main thing is, though, for everybody listening, um, if you don't own physical precious metals, your protection against this madness, now it's not too late to get started. 
if you do own physical precious metal, it's not uh, too late to buy some more either. So please be sure to always visit SprottMoney.com whenever you're in the market for physical metal or a place to store it. And of course, uh, you don't have to just do it online. If you want to talk to an actual human being, they got a staff waiting by the phone to help you out. You can call them at 888-861-0775. We've been speaking with David Brady at Global Pro Trader, technical analyst extraordinaire and uh, an old friend as well. David, thanks so much for your time. Hey, Craig, thanks. Uh, uh, also, uh, I really appreciate our conversations. But can I just add one last thing about uh, buying physical metals? You need to buy them at least some now. And because when this rally, next rally, if and when it takes place, and I believe it's when, you're not going to be able to find any. Yep. They yep. are gone. Yep. So think about that. You know, I'm not telling you to load up by some and and david like I, and i've been banging this drum for years it seems like now if you're in a, one of these especially in canada these uh silver certificate schemes at some of the banks oh. or unallocated accounts at some of the mints and stuff man you do not want to be the last person standing there with your hand out trying to cash that into physical metal um you got to do that before the uh you know it all hits the fan so you're right yeah yeah and and, and PSLV is the only ETF I would even consider right. or fizz yep. for gold and silver. That's not a, uh, it's not a promotion for Sprott. It, it's just simply the best because it's backed, fully backed by the physical gold and silver, not like SLV and GLD. The problem that you run into, whether you own miners or any of these ETFs of the metals, is that when the time comes, there's two problems. One, is the counterparty going to be around to pay you? That's number one. In other words, if you own the GLDF, is the custodian still around? No, he's bankrupt. See ya. Uh, second, you get paid. You sell your miners. What do you get? Fiat, the worthless yeah, fiat yeah. currency you're protecting, protecting against. Yeah. You know, increasingly worthless. And then you turn around, oh, I can always buy gold and silver. Physical gold and silver will be gone, period. You need to buy some physical gold and silver in your hand. You can see it. Buy some now, please. Couldn't agree more, my friend. Again, uh, SprottMoney.com, 888-861-0775. David, thank you so much for your time. It's been fascinating. And uh, hopefully we'll do this again soon. Yes. Thanks very much, Craig. Bye-bye. Sounds good. And from all of us here at Sprott Money News, SprottMoney.com. Thank you for listening and look for more great content in September.